just want them to come running in from the lobby, thinking that they miss something. Ha! I'm Edge Stewart, movie star, also known as Bobcat Goldthwait, and me and my friends John Cusack and Demi Moore. I hate boats. I'm not getting on any boat. I beg to differ. Just had one crazy summer. Your dad said you were collecting shells. Shells. 57 millimeter. We did all the normal things people do. Hey, little boy, will you hold on to this for me? Made friends. Sorry. Oh, no. Saw the sights. Please, your enormous is anything but chilly. Killed our own food. Dazzled women. Are you ready for me, Hoops? We were party animals. Help me. Everyone loved us. My car. And we loved every minute. I felt a little bit better about who I was and where I was going. Okay, let's move it out. Here we go. Ah, wait. It really was one crazy summer. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Reconsinimation. I'm your host, John Diner. I'm David Munchak. I'm Brent Hutchins. And this is the podcast that takes a look back at some of our favorite films from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And season six has begun. Uh, we're coming off a huge episode with Megaforce. And we're going right through our sizzling summer of sensational cinematic shenanigans with One Crazy Summer. This, this is awesome. Excited. Yeah, I mean, this is a long excited. time coming. This is one crazy summer we're having. <laughs> it is. And we're, and we're covering one crazy summer. Self-titled. Oh, my gosh. It's like it's, a biography. It's the only way to describe the lineup that we have over the next few episodes. So <laughs> starting with Megaforce, now one crazy summer. But uh, holy cow. Yeah. Uh, and this is very much a part two of two. You know, you, you kind of can't talk about one crazy summer without talking about Better Off Dead and vice versa. They pair so well together. Um, but yeah, we did cover Better Off Dead, which you can check out in the archives at reconsinimation.com back in, I think it was season four. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, here we here we are. Uh, why, so why did we end up with this movie? Have we? I, I feel like we've been talking about One Crazy Summer for a while. This was probably on my original list, like when we decided to do a podcast. I'm like, we got to make sure we do <laughs> One Crazy Summer if we're going to hit the '80s. Cusack and just a, a, a staple of cable TV, or not? Excuse me, of like weekend TV movies, uh, stuff like that. So I was definitely, I was, I've been a champion since day one. I think. Yeah, I buy yeah. that. I've I've also dropped dro name dropped this one a couple times in conversations that we've had. So I, I think I think we were all on board for for one crazy summer. I think oh. sometimes you guys just have to like pound it into my head that we're we're doing this movie. It's it's time. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. just so many to get to. You know, it's yeah. just how do you? It's not a the movies we do aren't in a preference of of rank. You know, it's it's what strikes us and and what's what's we take the temperature of. What's going on in the zeitgeist and, and in our lives? And it was time. 
it was time to have yeah. one crazy summer together. Yeah. I mean, when we outlined season six sizzling summer of sensational cinematic shenanigans, like one crazy summer was exactly the movie that came to mind to uh right. to tie it all together. Yeah. We ha- we have to have it's summertime, you know. You've got to have the the wacky summer, you know, eighties movies, because there's there's a whole bunch of them. I mean, what are some of the other ones that you guys you guys love? Are you are you summer rental fans? So John Candy? Yeah. I'm a John oh. Candy fan anytime, any time of year. No, don't even need to have a summer rental. Yeah. Summer of school with Mark Carmen. Yeah. And yes. uh, Kirstie Alley. Absolutely. Police Academies, like all, you know, I mean, all those movies. What about silly, silly summer eighties movies are Yeah. I mean, they're spe- they're a special thing. They're nostalgic. like its own category. White Absolutely. water, white water summer, the Kevin Bacon, Sean Astin classic. Oh, oh right. I love it. I wouldn't call that one silly, but yeah, I love that one. Yeah. It's cinematic. Yeah. Was that cinematic? Was that like weirdly dark? I remember that being a little, well, a little bit of a dark price. tone. Yeah. Right? There was, there was, there was the power struggle with, uh, uh, you know, the, the, camp leader and then yeah. he ended up breaking his leg and sean astin had to save his ass yeah, yeah. i feel like there was some bullying thriller. going on in that movie we, we i'm adding it to the to the maybe not this summer but next summer's lineup we should uh ski ski patrol or ski school which is the, the one that isn't total porn what's the one <laughs> What's aren't it? they all aren't all the ski whatever I think it's ski, ski dot 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 ski the resort. one with george lopez in it the i think that's ski patrol ski patrol is probably yeah. ski patrol. uh and, that's not and, a summer movie but it's kind of in the same uh well i think yeah. it came out in the summer though feels I mean, like you, a summer movie you could yeah, go skiing probably. in the summer in all types of places so yeah have some fun <laughs> which is the one with peter berg in it that's the but, same one right peter Ber- no that's aspen extreme oh aspen extreme okay. yeah See, can't, we, we segued can't keep them all straight. There's so many freaking ski movies. We segued from summer movies to ski movies somehow. So. <laughs> I mean, Better Off Dead has ski scenes in it. Yeah. So, yeah I mean, what are you gonna do? yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's a Christmas movie, as we uh, talked about uh, last uh, time. Yes, so, it is. well established. Yeah. Well, well no established. There is a hint of Christmas in this as well, even though it definitely is a summer movie. There's there is a Christmas tree. There There is a Christmas tree. There is this Christmas tree and a and a well placed one liner about responsibility. Am I? Is it just me, or can I justify any movie being a Christmas movie? I can find a route. Well, I mean, if you lay a Christmas tree across the top of a vehicle, that's 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 the layup right there. Yeah, that's easy pickings. Yeah. Even though they're telling us it's, you know, June, essentially, but it's okay yeah. with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So why don't we, um, let's set the table. Let's rewind. Let's go back in time. Brent, walk us through. What are some things going on in the world in August 1986? August 1986. Uh Stuff is happening. Stuff is happening in 86. Stuff that we all have heard about. Uh, I'm not focusing on August so much, but in April of 86, the Chernobyl disaster happened in Russia, which uh, everybody's, or the or Ukraine, sorry, don't get that confused, but uh, everybody's aware of that. 
Yeah, and uh, HBO made a nice series about it just so everybody got caught up. But very that, uplifting show. Uh, not uplifting at all, <laughs> but really, really well made. Yeah. Um. So that was happening. Uh, the Iran Contra affair was happening that that summer. Uh, the Voyager two uh satellite flew by uh uranus uh closest uh uranus flyby ever recorded in history up at that time uh, nothing wrong uh-huh. with the good flyby uranus so that was happening uh and then haley's comet uh was uh a big deal in 86 everybody was looking up to the skies to uh find haley's comet uh and get that was a big that. deal i remember that Get in that selfie from uh, Voyager 2's Uranus flyby. And then uh, the Statue of Liberty centennial celebration uh, happened that summer. And that was when they reopened the Statue of Liberty after doing some uh, pretty uh, extensive um, kind of upgrades and, and refurbishments. We had that on on videotape and it yeah. was probably the most boring video that i ever saw <laughs> it's, it's the statue that you just you've watched on video apparently it's, there were a lot of really great fireworks but uh fireworks yeah. a lot of great helicopter shots circling around it but how many times can you did see they, it on video did they use footage from that in flight of the navigator i feel like they may have they i don't remember if they did that but they did shoot uh parts of remo williams the adventure begins uh during the reconstruction and whatever work was going on yeah they did yeah so big Uh, sequence yes circle back to that one we will circle back to that one that one's also on the short list of movies that we need to reconcinemize yeah uh let's see what else is happening in 86 uh lots of great movies from 86 top gun was in 86 uh crocodile dundee platoon karate kid part two Aliens, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Stand By Me, Labyrinth. I mean, there's just a shit ton of movies that came out that year. Uh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China we talk about. We've checked. You can check that out in the archives. Uh, and uh, we had one drop actually uh, not too long ago, a couple months ago. The Wraith was 86 as well. So lots of great movies. Um can't say the same about the music scene, but Dion Warwick had the number one song of the year with "That's What Friends Are For." Uh, Dion and Friends. Putting you know that, that was actually going to be our theme theme song. We were in deep negotiations with yeah. her her team. It was there was actually a, people were throwing coffee at each other. Uh, it was heated. It was yeah. a heated conversation. Uh, but yeah, so that was top top song of the year, and then. Uh, Top TV shows, uh, 86, good stuff. Family Ties, Cheers, Golden Girls, Growing Pains. Uh, John's favorite, Dallas. Yeah. And then uh, the dream season. The dream season was that year. Oh, I mean, that whole year was a dream. And then uh, number one show on TV, though, is the show that we shall not mention. Uh, But the C word. Hey, kids. Hey, hey. Yeah. Just have some J E L L O. Yeah, Ugh. Uh, we can say his name. <laughs> it's, it's it, was, it was a really great show. I don't know. Like, you know I know. It's... Yeah, I know. I know. I <laughs> mean, okay. but he is—he is a modern-day Voldemort. Oh, he's so a monster! That's, monster! That's... <laughs> it's a piece of shit. 
but but it's crazy when you look at like the ratings for you know for oh, not, not just that show but a, a, a lot of the big shows of of the late 80s it was like man everybody stopped what they were doing and were well yeah watching those shows i mean that's you're talking back in the day when it was yeah. like the big three and fox yeah was just coming on the scene yeah. you know and like yeah. that's what everybody had to choose from to watch from tv so it was like everybody watched whatever was in prime time and some of those shows were great i mean cheers is you know i remember watching cheers honestly from like being a little kid through high school and just yep. uh the reruns i mean yeah uh so that's uh that's a good one for sure but well, um and there's a fox show that uh ties directly into our our subject here tonight little well, trivia we'll, we'll come back i can't to it. wait for us to prime time show yes prime time early early days of fox that ties directly to this uh movie Ooh, all right i'm yeah. intrigued can't <laughs> wait to get to that that's news to me yeah and that's 86 lots of stuff going on all yeah. right wow that's that's exciting what an exciting time yeah they used to cancel shows that weren't getting a you know a 12 share uh <laughs> yeah or you know like right or, or we're getting a 12 share you know like uh it was a battle for tens of millions of viewers back then uh, uh at any given moment great now now if you have a 0.75 you're good to go yeah <laughs> yeah you're, you you'll probably be renewed on the cw <laughs> i mean it's just so different nowadays than it was then you know well, as far as like tv, TV programming yeah. and networking and i mean all the all the streamers, dude. Like it's too just many a options. completely different ball game. Too many options, too much to do. And you know what? All the stores are open later and later. No one's sitting down and, to watch TV at eight o'clock. And they're not they're not open where I am. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. What what did we do? What did we do in the summertime when there were no new shows and it was repeats? We had we had what? We had like family double dare on on the air at night and uh no, you went outside and you were told <laughs> not to come home yeah. until the until the sun set. Yeah. I was on my bike until ten o'clock at night. Your huffy yeah. bike? I don't think did I have a huffy? I might have had a huffy. No, I my friend a, had a huffy. I had a diamond back. I, uh, I think what isn't that what a diamond back BMX bike? Oh, I had wow. one of those for a second. I couldn't real deal. I loved the movie Rad, couldn't even do a wheelie. Yeah. But <laughs> had a bike. That I ride around and get into trouble with the Hal Needham classic rad. That's right. Yeah. My favorite Hal Needham movie. Um, so yeah. All right. Well, David, why don't you, uh, give us a recap. What is happening in one crazy summer? Well, one crazy summer written and directed by Savage, Steve Holland, um, who we, we talked about, uh, with better off dead. Right. Um, and this one is sort of the the, the spiritual sequel follow up to that. Um, it's it follows a disaffected and aimless teenager who is lost in love and lost in confidence, but he finds a path to both when he joins his best friend for the summer on the island of Nantucket for shenanigans with a bunch of preppy bullies, working class heroes, and weirdo relatives. Um, that that leads to great arcs for everyone involved that's a very loose <laughs> very loose description loose description but it's, it's a, but it's but, you fair. know 
That's that's what how how fun does that sound? That sounds like a great time. This sounds like a the the almost the perfect eighties movie, really. Right. That, that sounds like up. a lot of eighties movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's one of them. When was the uh, when was the first time you guys saw this one, Brent? Let's start with you. Uh, I don't know what year it was, but it was early, early on. It was when it was airing on HBO. I definitely this is definitely one of the kind of spending the night over at Travis's house uh, movies that I saw uh, at HBO uh, late night. Um, I saw this before I ever saw Better Off Dead, and I. I loved this movie when it first came out. I I mean I still love this movie, but uh but yeah, this one this one I just thought was a lot of fun. It was kind of bananas, but you know, I felt like uh John Cusack's character was kind of kind of relatable and you know as kind of the down in the dumps kid who who uh wasn't quite rising up to his full potential and uh you know, then kind of succeeds in the end uh with with you know it's his miraculous uh well what it, I, the sail shot i guess i don't know what i don't know rigging i don't know sailing rigging terms so i'm not gonna to be able to do that but uh but yeah it was awesome and then i guess through the years i watch this pretty regularly but i think once i finally uh got introduced to better off dead uh i think as i got older better off dead has probably taken the the uh mantle of of my favorite between the two of these but i i think they're both pretty fantastic yeah i uh i'm i'm right there with you man like i this one was paired they were paired so close together for me to see uh i watched them both on it would be saturday afternoon movies or something like that it's the first time i I'd seen both of these these movies, and uh, I can't I can't quite tell which one I saw first, but I feel like maybe it was this one, and maybe I because I, I I had a a leaning toward this one like a lot more um, as far as preference, but like you know, and and I think as for a kid, like it's not as dark as as Better Off Dead. It's got a little more zaniness. Like Bobcat Goldthwait, of course, is like a huge draw and comedic. Like yeah. Like, you know, he's just funny. Like, I, when rewatching this movie, I was <laughs> just dying at some of his bits. And, of course, the Godzilla part. And I, you know, and so for a kid, I was obviously, like, rolling over, just dying laughing back then. So it's not like I thought it was a better movie. I just think I had a lot more fun with this. And um, so it was definitely um, part of it. But, I mean, as far back as I can remember, this movie always existed, you know, like the two of these. Um, oh, man. WPIX. Oh. Channel 11 in New York. Oh, yeah. yeah. You said the I magic saw. words, my friend. Oh, baby, baby. It was, <laughs> that's the that's the New York's home for movies. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel yeah. left out. We didn't have WPIX in Houston. <sighs> so you guys talk about it so fondly. I'm just always jealous. PIX and WWOR and little WGN. Oh, man. We had some great afternoon movies. Absolutely. Um, I you, think Johnny? I, f- I feel like... With Better Off Dead and One Crazy Summer, in talking to many people about these films, it, it feels like whatever the whichever one you saw first is the one that you kind of lean towards. Yeah. So for me, I, I didn't see this movie until 
until I right when I moved out to LA in 2002. <laughs> so oh. the, I completely missed. I mean, I remember the posters. I remember knowing of it, uh, but just missed it completely. Um, and better off dead. I saw, <laughs> I saw in the summer of 98 when I was in the oh. middle of a kind of tumultuous time in a relationship and uh i very much connected <laughs> with that movie uh so that one is near and dear to my heart but uh so when i saw one crazy summer i don't know like i didn't love it and i think it was me like it was just me it was the mood i was in when i watched it i like you know i did the big scary move to la and restarting your life and was kind of nervous about where everything was headed and i think i was not <laughs> in that summer fun movie mode uh when i happened to put it on um but i've rewatched it since and enjoyed it a lot more like watching it this time and i think i watched it maybe about a year ago or two years ago and had a lot of fun with it i mean i love those old older john cusack films i think um we'll, we'll talk a lot about savage steve holland uh in in a minute but um uh, there's just there's so like <laughs> The generic high school. Like, generic high school. It's actually called it. generic high school. Yeah. And, and like, generic elementary. Yeah. yeah. That's so perfect. And they don't yeah. treat it like anything weird. Like this is no, the name. That's the name of the school. I mean, like he like the principal says it in the graduation speech and you see yeah. the signage on the school. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just uh it's just fantastic. Like those are just such quirky little like side jokes that are so funny and that sense of humor is so, I don't know, it just works so well. I feel like it's really, it's a shame that both movies were as overlooked as they were. Yeah. Yeah. There's so is. many good gags and, and just subtle comedy that, that works. And, and, but then it allows for just really goofy stuff to happen and the, the goofy stuff fits. <laughs> like it, yeah. You know? Yeah. There's like so much movie. to like in this movie. I mean, John Cusack in, you know, getting into the like prime of his career, really the beginning, but you know, mm. Demi Moore, great in it. Like you said, Bobcat Goldthwait, right oh, on he's the genius. rise. Yeah. And he's yeah, he's hot as hell. Like, you know, like yeah. as far as being like the it guy in yeah. comedy right there. And like he was so I remember when he got Big. I feel like he was on Howard Stern and my dad used to listen to Howard Stern every morning. So, um, so he heard that a lot and, uh, Bobcat Goldthwaite was just huge and his whole, the whole character of Bobcat mm -hmm. Goldthwaite, cause it's, he's nothing like that <laughs> in right. everyday life. And now but when you all see the, him, but all the movies that he was, he was in, it was that character, right? That I character. Mean, police, yeah. police Academy, oh. One Crazy Summer. Scrooged. Scrooged, yeah. you know, it's always that like squeaky voiced, like kind of spazzy, you know, crazy animated hair, yeah. crazy hair over animated guy. But yeah, he's not like that at all. Yeah, and he's such he feels like such a dominant part of this movie watching it now. And there's yeah. there's more to it that's going on behind the scenes that, that again we'll get into, but um it, I hadn't watched a Bobcat Goldthwaite movie in a long time and it was just it was just good. Just good to see him and see that character again. Yeah. I, yeah. It made me want to watch Citizens on Patrol like again. Because <laughs> yeah. I think that's where is that's his entrance into police. Is, is that yeah, I, I can't 
Because he's a citizen, right? He was just like a you know all right. these random people. No, I, I he's think the villain. A, he starts as like the he's, villain. He's, he's in oh, part, that's right. He's in he part was, two. Right. He's a he's a gang member in part two, right? Yeah. yeah. And then and he then, and then he joins the force in part three, and then or part, oh. part three or four, I I forget. But no, yeah. I think it's three, and then I think. Oh, I thought I he think was, he's in he it gets, through like five, it's, and then it's part three is back to training where he gets trained, and then four is when he he's on the force and sends up. Is there oh. a particular reason you know so much about these yeah, police Jesus. academy movies? Well, I just rewatched one and two, uh, okay. like a, a week and a half ago, per John's <laughs> recommendation, because I was I was struggling to find something to to ease my troubled mind. So he he sure. uh, he lobbed those up for me, and it was a great great uh, great recommendation. But yeah. That's uh, I need to I need to watch three and four again, but that's the timeline that I that I remember and and looking. Okay, for. got it. I, I yeah. yeah, like I have a vision of like. Oh, I had them all confused in my head. Yeah, I yeah. thought I thought four was part two. Like when I and so when I rewatched them just recently, I was like, oh wait, like this is not the right order that that I had like built them in my head. So when he and this is total aside, like so when he joins the force, isn't that the same one where in the beginning it's what's his name the, the like the nerdy Bumberchuck or something like that was like the he's like his like rival sort of and then they're like friends or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in there. The guy, the guy who runs the he he like runs a pawn shop or like an antique shop. Uh-huh. It's that's the guy he gets picked on in part two, and then they end up joining. They, they both, both join the force. Going, yeah, they both end up joining the force. <laughs> I forgot. It's like I don't. I like Police Academy one and two are like uh, are fine, but I've those are the ones I've watched the least. Like I watch sort of the middle ones a lot. Yeah, they hit their yeah. stride with three. Yeah, yeah. The comedy is just like so streamlined, and it's it's it, the ensemble is so good. Yeah, I don't even I don't even really dislike five. Uh, was it Mission Miami Beach Miami, or Oper- yeah. yeah, yeah, it's pretty good, even though we don't have a Mahoney. Yeah, you lo- you you're you're out of the Guten business, but yeah, you, you got lose Matt a McCoy. lot without Gutenberg. Yeah, but still so. fine. Uh, but the rest of the ensemble, you can tell like it's not just a Guten Guten movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. you got that ensemble that really works. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah, Bob Sharon Jack. Stone, Sharon Stone Sharon in Stone's part in four? four. Come on, we'll have to. Hey guys, we'll have yeah. to do a podcast on the Police Academy series. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to pick it up. I think we do a separate podcast where we go through the Police Academy movies. One minute at a time. This got to be minute. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, well, let's let's outline it and see see what we can come up with. Yeah. <laughs> but Bobcat uh, Goldthwaite, yeah, just just great, and um, yeah. So I was really uh, I had a really good time watching it this time, but yeah, I missed it. the 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 whole first, the whole eighties and nineties, this movie passed me by. Well, it's interesting too. Like, I don't know what do you, what you guys think, but like. So both David and I, I think, have said we saw One Crazy Summer first, and I think both of us kind of hold that one in higher regard than Better Off Dead, although Better Off Dead has grown on me quite a bit since yeah. since I've gotten older. But I feel like Better Off Dead in general is the one that like is has more of like a a larger kind of cult status like like following. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, than one crazy summer, but, but is, I think yeah. they're both, I think they both have like audiences that love them, but, but better off dead is probably the one that gets like more wide recognition. I would, I would think, or I would yeah, say. Yeah. I, I think 
I mean, there are there are differences. Like stylistically, they're very similar, but there are some differences between the two movies. And Better Off Dead is a little quirkier and stranger, I think. And yep. One Crazy Summer is a little more polished. It feels more like a, I don't want to say a studio movie, but it feels like movie makers who know what they're doing are are making yeah. this. And Better Off Dead was very much like almost like a student film that feels like of yeah, how like, it came let's together. Just keep, let's just keep putting weird shit in there. Yeah. Like the story and the better of deads, I think the story is pretty so like not that the story's that bad in this one. It just I think there's like a little more to like streamline and pay attention to or you know, this one crazy summer is a little more of an ensemble movie a little bit. You got a little more B story and and fun to have. Yeah. Like that doesn't t- solely rely on Cusack the whole time. And and Cusack is a little less weird in this one too, like because even he's the he's straight a weirdo. man. He's yeah. the straight man, really. He's a straight man in both, but he's still like a he's like you know he's suicidal and a little and a little weirder and better off dead. Like yeah, so yeah. There's a lot more going on in that one, and uh, yeah, I think it just it just hits better. Um, it, it's it's and it's it's weird because they're just they're companion movies to each other. Though it's almost you know there's no wrong answer like what do you like more or right sure uh i think yeah there there is a lot more like you said ensemble there's more characters in this one that yeah you know with that you're just gonna you're gonna have less time with each of them and and really in better off dead you pretty much just have cusack and a couple of you know secondary characters whereas here you've got it's spread around quite a lot Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there's a lot of people and familiar faces and people we love in this movie yeah, like because yeah, because what in Better Off Dead, it's really just Curtis Armstrong is his is his friend. Yeah, he's got he one yeah. one friend and and uh, Diane Franklin, and yeah. then you know Lane, Lane. No, he's Lane. Lane. Uh, oh. Then you've got your villain, right? The uh, yeah. captain of the ski, the ski squad. squad. Yeah, <laughs> and Amanda Wiss, and that's it. And then the parents. Yeah, and then like the town is the town is populated with a bunch of weirdos, but they're not. They don't. They get moment. They only get a few moments, and then that's it you know other than like right. the parents and stuff but like this one is a little more you get to spend time with the stork the, the stork brothers and with bobcat and curtis armstrong of course yeah and he gets he gets a whole little beat like little arc um so that's fun you know like it's there's a lot more going on and if it was more of a john cusack movie maybe it'd be a, a different story but yeah like you said it's a little more polished it gives a little more uh I don't know, a little more cohesiveness, I guess. Yeah, and I think even just like the cinematography is more straightforward and feels like, you know, just it just doesn't feel like it's like we're learning on the go. <laughs> yeah, they feel like they took the lessons that they had from Better Off Dead and like implemented them here to make yeah. a, kind of a more, I mean, a more complete kind of kind of film Yeah. in, in some ways. Yeah. But um, let, let's talk about Savage Steve Holland, our writer, director. This whole movie is is born from from his mind. Um, he uh, he really came on the radar when he directed a, a short film called My Eleven Year Old Birthday Party, which was a, a biograph autobiographical piece about his eleventh birthday party where no one showed up, and it was like the saddest thing uh he made a short film and it played in the la film festival and it got some traction it got in one of the 
like main shows, um, Henry Winkler, the amazing, incredible legend, Henry Winkler. Yes. Uh, saw it and took him out to lunch and like loved it and said, what, what else do you have? Like, what are you, what are you working on? So he, he said, well, I'm, I'm writing a script about um, how my girlfriend broke up with me and what happened after that. And that became better off dead. So Winkler sets him up at Paramount. Now, Henry Winkler, remember in the eighties was after happy days, like he had segued into being a, a big time I think especially a TV producer, like he, he produced MacGyver and, you know, yeah. a number of shows. So, uh, he, uh, he got, I don't know if he got Savage Steve a deal at Paramount or just got him, you know, an office on the, uh, on the lot and, uh, where, where he wrote better off dead. And, uh, you know, and at the time, this is after fast times at Ridgemont high where, which, oh yeah, you can check that out in the archives at reconsideration.com. Um, Hollywood is really looking for quirky comedies at this point, right in the mid eighties. Um, they've, <laughs> you know, we're really like that, that movie showed you can do, but especially with Sean Penn's character Spicoli, like people are gravitating to these weird kooky characters. Yeah. Kind of wacky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, many of them are big hits. So this is the right time for Savage Steve to come on the radar where, where he gets better off dad made uh, pretty quickly. Also, you've got John Hughes really on the rise at this point. So all this is happening at the same time. These teen comedies are, are coming out one after another. Um, and I think, you know, Savage Steve, when he met John Cusack, you know, the character his lead characters tended to be more like a Woody Allen kind of, you know, hmm. quote unquote, nerdy kind of losery kind of kind of, kind of neuro kind of neurotic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when he hooked up with John Cusack, who's really looking for his big break as an actor, it really kind of took a little bit more, I guess, center <laughs> and, made it a little more relatable for a wider audience that he's not such an extreme character. Like he is still a loner and he is still quirky, but not so far off the map, you know? Right. Um, so I think people, I you know, I, I think it, it felt like people were identifying with Cusack. Um, and then, you know, better off dead, which, you know, again, we can, we did a whole episode on that comes out and it is, you know, it's not the hit that, everyone was hoping for it's kind of a big disaster um at the box office but uh fortunately savage steve was already had already started writing he had gotten commissioned to write his next movie uh before better off dead was released so one crazy summer the, the wheels were already in motion and uh this movie was going to be made no matter what but there's still a pretty big fallout and um, you guys you guys are aware of the kind of friction that grew between Cusack and Savage Steve. What was the cause of it? Like just because Better well, Off Dead didn't do as well? Or no, it was happened? it was Cusack felt betrayed that that was not the movie he read. That was not the movie that was in the script. That was not the movie he signed up for. Um, that it was it was supposed to be. I mean, it was always going to be a comedy and a little quirky, but not as quirky as it turned out to be. Like he thought it, the the suicide storyline 
was going to be much more dramatic and more of the central part of the story, which it really isn't. It starts out that way, but as the movie, as the movie goes on, it, we right. get a bit away from that. So, you know, he walked out of a screening <laughs> of, of like the first screening of uh, Better Off Dead and, you know, verbally got into it with Savage Steve that he, he was not happy about it. And, um, but he had already signed on to do One Crazy Summer. So they make this whole movie uh, and there is a lot of tension. I don't think they're speaking to each other and I don't think they've spoken to each other since. No kidding. Hmm. Cusack only recently even started talking about it at all. It was for, for years, it was just would not talk about Better Off Dead. And I think going along with that was one crazy summer. I just don't understand, like, I mean, having not read the script of Better Off Dead, but like you were there, like you filmed these scenes. You shot all these scenes. The hamburger, shot like the hamburger like, sequence. Like, yeah, I mean, you filmed like, it. I guess I just don't understand how you could feel that misled if you're an active participant in it the way that he was like, it just seems he, he must have not seen strange. it necessarily as like something that's going to make an audience be uproarious. Cause I'm sure it was like the laughing audience was like probably what triggered a, a lot of his part of, part of his anger, I would think would come from that. Like they're laughing, not laughing at him, but like this, like, you know, he's doing these scenes. It's about the, his psychological issues, you know, and mm -hmm. he, you know, he didn't probably didn't see them as comedic or laugh out loud, funny, maybe you know and i i could see that as sort of a a confusing thing for him so yeah like the the animation and the claymation and the you know the gags that are about that surround his sort of like mental issues and suicide that he probably just didn't see as like funny like it's not funny it's an exploration kind of thing yeah maybe. yeah yeah um, and it's you know i've worked with directors who you know don't always share the full picture of the story with the actors. So the actors are, yeah. they're doing what the director's telling them with sometimes without knowing like, how does this fall into the story? And what is, what is the scene before this? And what is the scene after it? And sometimes they don't know what they're playing against. It's just, they're, they're just being directed. So. Right. Hard, yeah. hard to say without, you know, none of us were there. So. Yeah, we don't yeah, know. For and... sure. It's a, it is unfortunate that, over time, as as we all know, so much love has been given to both of these movies that, you know, that an olive branch hasn't been extended by one of them to, uh, you know, like yeah, clearly I'm... maybe it didn't do well, but it did damn well on on home video and HBO. Yeah, I mean, I feel like these both these movies are help what kind of. You know, solidify Cusack as a as you know, a Hollywood leading actor, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it's, this is part of the building blocks that kind of led him to, to things down the road. Like, you know, I mean, high fidelity and gross point blank. And, yeah, and I mean, the sure thing he does between these movies, he does yeah. uh, say anything pretty quickly afterwards. So yeah, I mean, say anything's another one, you know, like I would, I'd kind of put say anything with these two movies is like the three that really like mm -hmm. gave him a solid foundation for like what, has been a hell of a successful career you know i mean i think more so lately like he, he you know some of the things that he's done uh 
haven't probably been as well received, but I mean, for a long time, he was killing. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it it didn't seem like the fault landed on Cusack's shoulders. Like it it, it was, you know, most of the negativity was directed specifically at Savage Steve. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I buy that. Which which is why I think one crazy summer is his last uh, theatrical release. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So, but in the meantime, you know, Savage Steve is writing this movie and and he's like, I'm going to write a movie set in Cape Cod because, well, I, I want to hang out in Cape Cod. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Yeah. yeah. What other reason do you need? Yeah. Uh, and that happens all the time. See White Lotus. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do I, w- I want to be in Italy for a while. So I'm going to write a show that's set in Italy or yeah, Hawaii or genius. I think they're going to Australia next, but. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Um, good, good shows if you haven't seen them. Oh, oh yeah. I love the I love the first season. I haven't gotten around to the second one. Oh, very good. It's very the good. Second one's great. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't in the mood of sort of the the problems of rich, rich, really rich people's like problems. <laughs> like when it came rich, out, I'm rich, like, rich yeah. white people. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like I'll get I'll get to that. I'm not I'm not really in the mood. <laughs> not that it, not, again, not that which shouldn't matter, but it is like. Yeah, I, I and I think I probably just finished the first season three months prior. So yeah, I was just was... like, I need a breather. Anyway. So I I think that you know the the harsh relationship between Cusack and and Savage Steve were uh, I think that's part of why we don't spend as much time with uh, with Hoops our, our lead character as we you know as we do with everybody else. So I think having that ensemble cast kind of padded that. So they're like, there wasn't as much to do with him. There wasn't as much shooting time with just him. So I, I think that was, it was always going to be an ensemble cast, but I think that was part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, um, probably, I, I also feel like that's kind of what makes, I, I mean, we already touched on it, but I think, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter because this was Savage Steve's last, last movie, but I kind of also feel like that's, part of why I gravitated more towards this one. There was just more variety in the characters. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but now let's talk about the story. Does the, does the story make sense to you guys? Does it still work? I mean, does it, the connections from a to B to C, does it still flow or is it too kind of absurd? No, I think you know it's it's. I think it's pretty straightforward. I think it's it's not it's very simple, and uh, and it's about that just sort of like I don't know transient sort of just doing whatever on in the summer and like yeah you find you find you make new friends. You, there there's a couple girls you you're attracted to and you're you know you're exploring those relationships and and then you got to deal with bullies and and elitists uh you know trying to mess with you uh and then it just i mean it, it does turn it does sort of shift to like when it becomes the boat movie you yeah. know but that's the last <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes but other than that like you don't see the that the regatta being like the big the big thing because they do what a a three minute at best montage of like 
let's just take them out at the at the regatta. Boom, we have a boat. Boom. All right, now that's my time. that's my favorite part of the movie is the boat montage. Well, the montage is great. <laughs> yeah, the, like, it's just sort of out of left field. Like, but the the seeds are planted, right? He doesn't like boats. He doesn't like the water. Right. He um, can't shoot. He can't. He's named hoops, but he can't hoops. actually shoot hoops. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I mean, it, it's all there. Yeah, like the like the specific elements are what they are, but like as a story, like it it seems pretty like standard you know yeah. like it's like and, all the all the right beats are there to make this like kind of a classic 80s summer romp right and in a in a lot of ways it, it's a repeat of better off dead i mean it, sure. it, it's taking a lot of that formula yeah. and just reapplying it like it's not about skiing anymore it's about a boat race You've right. still got the bully. You've got the the conflict with the girls. Um, yeah, cartoon interstitials. Oh yeah. Like, oh, the animated sequences, which were, um, I think there's a couple of the and the the writer, you know, animators from The Simpsons were involved with that, along with, I mean, Savage Steve was the lead, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I love the animated scenes in this one. Yeah, they look really good. Yeah, they're really like, well yeah. Done. That's the, definitely the rhino, the rhino character. Love it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's definitely a. Uh, you know, a big step forward from the animated, the level of the animated sequences and better off dead. Sure. Yeah. Which are more of like a, almost like a claymation, right? And well, it's a, oh, it's no, there was kind of a mix. Yeah, yeah. There's a mix. Yeah. I mean, the hamburger becomes a claymation. Right. Thing, but there was, there was uh hand-drawn animation as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, how about Demi Moore? Hey, yeah, dude. To me, this is, uh, I think she'd done, she'd already, I mean, she was a model as a, you know, a very young teenager, but had done, uh, St. Elmo's Fire was already out. And I think she was auditioning for about last night at the same time that she's shooting uh, One Crazy Summer. So, you know, definitely in that Brat Pack era, you know, that started in probably 84 and goes through, you know, all the way through the rest of the 80s, but. Does that make this one crazy summer a Brat Pack movie? Does it just because she's no. in it? No, no, I don't think so. I've think seen so. I've seen arguments but... where like the Brat Pack goes beyond just the cast from Saint Elmo's Fire and and Breakfast Club. Like that, Cusack is a Brat Pack member, and and Charlie Sheen's a Brat Pack member. And I mean, I've I've seen articles like that as well. But I mean, I feel like really there's a core Brat Pack that that you know yeah is is quintessential and then yeah there's like branches and cousins and offspring and whatnot but but no i wouldn't i wouldn't consider this a brat pack movie the uh you just mentioned a movie uh about last night is that with john crier no no that's yeah. uh pretty in pink no but about last night is uh rob Lowe and demi moore it's about okay. relationship drama also stars jim belushi and elizabeth perkins got it this is this is definitely the first movie that I remember Demi Moore from because I hadn't seen I didn't see Saint Elmo's Fire until much later, like in high school. Yeah, I don't even remember the first Demi Moore movie. It was probably Ghost or something, which I never actually saw, but it was so such a huge movie that she was everywhere at that. And that was like four point. years after this. <laughs> that yeah. was nineteen ninety. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that's the one that like really made her a star, right? But, oh yeah, that that pushed her out of the ensemble cast and definitely yeah. to out of level. the brat out of the brat pack and into yeah. into and the spotlight. Indecent proposal, like right on the heels of that. Oh, right, yeah, man. that movie's 
still hilarious. <laughs> what the hell is going on in that movie? <laughs> but um, uh, but this movie is I don't know. It's just so much fun that like you get these. He meets these. So Hoops uh, hooks up with Joel Murray, brother of yeah. Bill Murray, and uh, yeah, who I just friends. did a. I just did a Mad Men rewatch and I completely forgot that Joel Murray's in like at least half the show. Yeah. And he's so yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. So they, they leave a generic uh, New York uh, small town to uh, go up to Nantucket, right? Where I think it, Joel Murray is the one who's got a family home up yeah, there, his, right? His, yeah. His grandmother is, is Gam Gams or I forget what he calls her, but no. uh, she lives up there. Uh, and they're gonna go visit her for the for the summer with his sister. Yeah, and... who's again kind of a repeat of uh, Lane's younger brother character and Better Off Dead, but I, she yeah. was adorable and like just her dog that she's yeah. Got. Oh yeah, she she plays Bosco. the evil the, the young evil genius character quite yeah. quite well. She only has two lines in the whole movie, and it's just saying the dog's name. Yeah. yeah. I just but like the younger brother. Two two lines, but but very standout uh, acting and action. That's as true. far as as far as slapping the girls on the back and freezing their face. Yeah, she got <laughs> she is, got some great gags. She I has magical it. powers. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So they head up to Nantucket, and they uh, at what a, a gas station, right? They is where they they meet up with uh, Demi Moore, who's on the a, a rock star, not star, but a a. You know, she's in a band that she's on the run from who's she running away from? I don't know. The guy who uh, would be Bobcat Goldthwait's character in Police Academy 2, but is not. It's it's John Matusak, who was in the Goonies, a former football player who played Sloth in the Goonies. Wow. Get out of here. Yeah. I got to go back and watch that now. With a crazy pink wig. Yeah, that pink wig is hilarious. So punk, man. Yeah. So she ran off uh, from the rest of her band with like all their money. I I, I lost the thread of what that side story was. But well, she's... apparently it was her money, but it, he thought it was his money and right. she ran off with it. And then apparently she didn't need it because John Cusack just throws it on the ground <laughs> and saves her. Yeah. And she's not upset about it at all. She's just yeah. like. Let's go to Nantucket. And she's just suddenly, so they like, they're hiding in the bath or she's hiding in the bathroom, the men's room where Matusak comes in and confronts her and Cusack takes the money and like runs out and they chase him and he's just tossing all that money away. Yeah. And somehow in the chaos, she ends up in the backseat. Yeah. Yeah. Quite magically, quite magically. (laughs) She just is in the backseat. So that's, that's our characters meet. That's shenanigans, summer shenanigans. That's yeah, the definition. I, I think they've got a good chemistry together. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It would be. Have they done another movie? I, I felt like seeing them. Like I, I feel like I've seen the two of them together, but maybe they haven't done another film. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so they make it to Nantucket and and uh, meet uh, Joel Murray's grandmother, played by Billy Bird. Is that her name? Yeah. Another legend yes. who's been in thousands of movies. Uh, very love f- her. Very familiar face. She's great. She uh, charges the kids. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, I love that. Grandma's making dinner. She, she loves has doing a it. bill at the end of dinner. <laughs> She's got reasonable rates. Reasonable rates to stay at the house. <laughs> yeah, just just so, delicious. <laughs> so awesome. And uh, and then once they're up there, we meet we meet all the rest of our characters. The the Stork twins, right? Which is um, Bobcat Goldthwaite and what's what's the other actor's name? Uh, that is Tom uh, Tom Villard. Yeah, Tom yes, Bobcat Tom Goldthwaite Villard. and Tom Villard. Yep. Yep. Uh, who is another kind of eccentric actor that I think I think he passed away a number of years ago, but yeah, he passed away in '94. Yeah, that's more than a number of years ago. That is a number and a number of years. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, and we talked a lot about Bobcat Goldthwait already, but uh, just yeah. again refreshing to see see that actor and that character again. Um, Curtis Armstrong, who we we see that side storyline, so he was the comic real like wacky comic relief and better off dead here. He's not as, I don't think he's as over the top because he's competing against Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah. And his character's just different, right? Like his character feels like he's kind of an underdog character in this one a little bit. Like, you know, because his dad plays this sort of overbearing scout leader who, you know, asks him to do all these terribly dangerous things, you yeah. know, uh, in, in an effort to, to make his dad happy. Right. Uh, so it's a like completely different character. Now the things he has him do are wacky. The situations are wacky, but him as a character, he's, he's definitely, uh, much more mellow. Usually like military oriented, yeah. uh, activities, but, um, which is good because I feel like if if his character was as wacky as it was in, in Better Off Dead, right, that that like combined over the topness between him and Bobcat would been would have been probably too much. Like yeah. uh, I think, you know, like yeah. there's a there's a fine line that they're kind of skirting here uh between wacky and just downright kind of obnoxious and annoying. And yeah. you know, it's a bit of a dance. And I think if they doubled up on that, it would be too much yeah yeah well like because again this is like a circle they've become the circle of friends so you can't have like two characters that are too similar right everybody's got to sort of fill a role so right um so yeah bobcat takes takes over the wackiness and then you've got an earnest uh an earnest guy in curtis (laughs) trying to yeah and trying to please his dad who played by joe flaherty comedic genius of uh sctv fame and countless movies um but yeah when that character is so great because yeah he's we meet him as a scout leader but he like runs like an army navy like shop with like live ammo and and automatic weapons and treats the scouts like they are military people (laughs) like (laughs) or military cadets and then uh and then he puts the pressure on curtis armstrong uh to uh, Akak is his name to you know he's got to join the military but and we don't see the drama we see the fallout you know like, right so he says something to prove to his dad and uh you know and then maybe by the end we'll see it i don't know and that's maybe. that's the first of two father son uh father son relationship uh storylines because we have our villain Hey, yes. welcome back to the show, Matt Mulhern, who we saw previously in Extreme Prejudice. 
check it out in the archives. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, except with bleach blonde hair and the year yeah. before <laughs> Extreme Prejudice uh, and a few years before Major Dad. But Is um, it just a year before? Yeah, it was. Uh, this is 86 and that was 87. Wow. wow. All right. Uh, but he's our he's our villain character that he's you know he's coming after hoops left and right and uh, and but his girlfriend played by the amazing uh, beautiful Kimberly Foster who also starred on a show you mentioned earlier Brent and I know it's your favorite Dallas. Mm, it is my favorite. I had a big time crush on Kimberly Foster when I was. Uh, in the the late eighties, early very early nineties, yeah, man, she's dreamy in this. Yeah, and then you know I think stopped acting and kind of you know I don't know what happened to her, but yeah. So Kimberly Foster is dating Matt Mulhern or Teddy, right? And uh, <laughs> but at the same time, she immediately goes after hoops. Yeah, there's just something about him, right? She yeah. just had to. She had to go after him yeah and that's what like that was something interesting that like you know in in teen wolf right everything circles back to teen wolf so um <laughs> michael j fox like has to become teen, the the werewolf in order to win the attraction of of you know the blonde girl right yeah here like hoops doesn't do i don't think he does anything and suddenly she's just like all over him yeah right yeah, it's a little it just seems like it's just the script calls for this to happen. There's not even any proper motivation. It doesn't really matter before and after. Like Yeah. And he's not, not into just, her. Like he does not want to date her at all. No, it's like it's like a red herring to to get you off the the Cusack Demi Moore, you know, like that's that's the that's the relationship you want to see happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like it's set up a little bit where, you know, the girl like she and her her tribe of, of friends approach them on the beach, like, hell, help us move our boat. And like, even if you weren't necessarily like, you know, oh, I'm I want to date her, like a bunch of pretty girls ask you to do stuff. You're like, Yeah, come on, guys, like let's let's go help these girls. And uh and that's what you see Bobcat like, I don't want to do that. That just sounds like work. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anything heavier for me to carry like they just give them little one-liners and stuff yeah so funny and um but then she invite that's where she invites him out like i'll pick you up i'll see like she takes the initiative like and he's just like all right great he didn't even have to try for her affections and then you know they got to go to the drive-in that night yeah where he is like doing his best to stay away from her like he gets that giant bag of popcorn puts it between them yeah which she finishes like within an like but then like it cuts to a little bit later in the movie or yeah. a little bit of, of the movie they're watching and she has finished the bag of popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> it's so silly um but then you know so to me kind of it almost like she she's kind of disappears for a little while in this movie but but her storyline is like she's trying to win back her family home and she's going to do this concert to try to raise enough money where she can pay the mortgage off to the bank ahead of uh teddy and teddy's father played by the the great mark metcalf from uh animal house fame mm-hmm. and seinfeld fame um before they also want it to redevelop into uh right like a new neighborhood they want to they want to build like a you know a whole, a whole estate of new new houses 
similar just, to Caddyshack. So it's 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 all it's that whole thing of like the rich people are going to come in and take over and make some money, uh, and and boot out all the uh, ne'er do wells who uh, who are there. Yeah, right. The classic '80s trope: get rid of the capitalists. They're <laughs> they're invading our territory. Gentrification, not in my neighborhood. <laughs> It's the um, Goonies. So, so she's trying to she's trying to get people to come to her concert, right? And I love the flyers that she's handing out, which is just a white piece of paper, and in the middle, in very small print, like is the concert information. Yeah, just a date and yeah. a time and her name. And her like, name. <laughs> it's a very like, low, very low budget. Yeah. So, no so marketing hoops, budget. Hoops gets the gang together, and they you know get real flyers, and everyone's handing them out, and. Um, they end up getting quite a crowd together for the for the big concert, which I think is, I think to me actually did the you know, did sing those songs, yeah. Very well. Um, so they you know they raise the money back, and she she runs to the bank and turns it in to uh, I think Donald Lee, right? Is that from uh, our one of our actors from Big Trouble in Little China? Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, yep. N- another familiar face. Mm-hmm. And uh, but unfortunately, I think uh, uh, Mark Metcalf's character has already has already gotten the house. Yeah, he, he bought he, pur- he purchased the mortgage through the bank. So he instead of uh, instead of the the deadline, so the deadline has passed for her. She can't she can't yeah. do anything. Yeah, but all is not lost for our, our heroes and they, <laughs> nope, uh, not with n- the regatta coming up exactly then we get to the <laughs> boat sequence so um they're gonna fix up this who's but i i forgot whose boat it was uh wasn't it um it, it was on the beach it was just abandoned boat yeah, yeah. Like... oh that's right yeah that they see earlier yeah yeah, yeah. right um yeah so they, they fix up the boat they're gonna enter it into this race with the idea that if they win they're going to trade the trophy right for the house yeah yeah but they don't even like they don't strike the deal beforehand it's just like we if we win we'll figure you know (laughs) hopefully this will work out in our favor (laughs) because the son teddy uh matt mulhern like they know he wants that win so bad that's so important to because he's got his own relationship issues with his dad that he's got to constantly Part of why he bullies is he's got to prove himself. Right. Yeah. Well, and his dad's a psychopath who likes to right. shoot lobsters with crossbows and yeah. <laughs> boil them in water and listen to them with a stethoscope. And <laughs> he is so... he is freaking whacked. A lot of so super villain. So it's yeah. just super villain move. A lot of animal abuse in this movie, and then he kicks the dog later on. That was dog. not cool. Yeah, I'm sure they ate all the lobster on set, but yeah, so. He's he's evil. He's an evil man. And it's like, yeah. but it doesn't even make sense. It's like if they don't, if his if if his grandson or if his son doesn't win the regatta, his father is going to take away all of their fortune. Uh, yeah, and they won, but they won the regatta like three years in a row. Like, yeah, so it's, it's, it's their it's most it's their most common. prized honor. <laughs> yeah. So this is like a really flimsy sort of motivation that like yeah, yeah. it doesn't it's, really have to make sense to anybody. It's 80s comedy motivation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And of course, what what ends up happening, David, in the uh, in the actual race? Well, they lose the regatta race. The the, the Teddy loses. Correct. Yeah. Our so, our heroes win. Our, and our heroes win. Yeah. 
and yeah. they got the trophy. They get the trophy and they and they make the deal, right? They try. Well, there's, there's there's lots of sabotage involved in the race too, like yeah. with crossbows shooting, sail, oh, lots of lines, and no, yeah. then hoops has to make the shot into the whatever it is because <laughs> I don't know sailing terminology. <laughs> and then uh, and then they reveal that they've stolen Teddy's Ferrari motor and they they motorboat to the to the finish line, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I the, mean, they, the Stork twins stole it earlier. Yeah, uh, right. When he yeah. when he brought it into the shop. Yeah, yeah, but they kept the license plate. They kept so, the, that everybody, <laughs> so everybody knew. <laughs> and it's like the whole, ba- it's like the back the, half of the Ferrari is yeah. like it's yeah. like the engine. It is the engine for the boat. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, so a little bit of cheating there, but yeah, um, but yeah, and then we, we see William Hickey. Another, again, another familiar face who uh, is Teddy's grandfather who does the right thing and and gives the house be- that they bought back to Demi Moore. Yeah. Right. Like, because he has full ownership, I guess, of all of that, the Beckerstead fortune, even his son's and grandson's money. Like, <laughs> he's like, ah, screw it. You lost the race. You're not... Yeah. And you figure like the regatta win has to come with all, like money, right? Like you gotta, there's gotta be prize money involved, right? Sure. Uh, yeah, it's not just some dumb trophy. <laughs> but or that's not, not talked about. <laughs> but, the, but maybe that's just that's what just rich elites with boats do. They just race for for a single. Yeah, it's the prestige. It's twenty five dollar trophy. <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't care about money. They've got money. They want they want the they want to be the top dog. Yeah. And Akak gets to prove himself, like his instincts take over, and he he helps an injured sailor and uh, and wins back the uh, the affection of his father at the end. So every everyone everyone gets, everyone wins. It's 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 I mean really like a definitive eighties feel good ending, right? Everybody gets their comeuppance, right? Yeah. Like yeah. So Joel Murray's character, you know, George gets with Cookie. He's just like, yeah, what are we playing games for? And they just well, they're together now. <laughs> yeah. That's it. The Stork yeah. twins are happy. They get to roast marshmallows and and just run their business, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Hoops and Cassandra, you know, end up together. She's got the house back and they end up, you know, the last shot is the two of them kissing on the docks and and uh there you have it. It's beautiful. We forgot to mention Jerry Jeremy Pivens in this thing too, as yeah. as did one we? of Teddy's Teddy's goons. Did we? I feel like we did. That gross, gross point blank pre union. It is. Well, this was this is when he was. Uh, I mean, he and John Cusack go way back together and have a long. Oh yeah, they were history. Chicago actors. Yeah. So well, uh, Jeremy Pivens, I think family. You know, his his mother ran. Oh yeah. A theater a theater company that I think is where Cusack came up through, and uh, she's a big behind the scenes Chicago person, and. Um, yep. And they were, you know, often appeared in each other's movies all the way through, you know, some point in the late 90s. And then I think there was another falling out somewhere in there. Was Q second PCU? I don't think so. No, no. It's it's funny, though, like this movie, like 86, you know, Cusack's only 20 years old playing a high school graduate. And then I and when we watched and like seeing Gross Point Blank for the first time back in the late nineties, I'm like, ten years after high school, like that that 
he's an old man, but he was only 31. And then, and then like, so he's not that it's not, it was only, it was 11 years after this. So it really is like this spiritual timeline, timeline wise, same, like a spiritual sequel of that time. Like, yeah, it's like, but I'm like, Cusack's an old man, but I was like a little kid when he was 16 and doing movies and like nothing makes sense in my brain. Right. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't buy him as like a, a 26, 28 year old assassin, but he was only 31, which is still like a lot younger than a lot of people would play like that, that age probably. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. So I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's weird that the, the timeline kind of works out. Yeah, it does. Oh, one other storyline that kind of rubbed me the wrong way was the 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 guy in the the house call like calling constantly calling in the radio show to win that he's not he's waiting for the jingle to call he doesn't he only calls right one. right right but we keep cutting back to him and seeing yeah. whatever he's doing that is completely unrelated right I mean does it connect at all to anything that's happening in the story no. well he finally he finally wins yeah but why do we care okay. <laughs> like because man. He's, he's, been, he's been grinding it out. I feel like <laughs> we've got enough quirky characters and enough characters in general in this movie that that was a little bit like watching it this time. Like you don't need that at all. Like me as yeah. a, but it's funny. It is kind of funny. I kind it, of love it. Yeah, it was all right. I don't. I don't. I don't want to lose the quirky uncle who's. But that's like. Yeah, but that's also like, I don't know. That's what you did. There was always the summer radio giveaways. Like I, I kind of relate to the idea. Like, yeah, the radio, the radio is a huge thing. Like that you'd always listen to in the summer, and there'd be those like amazing concert tickets or trip or money. Like maybe yeah, not a it's million. Making dollars. fun of those people who like literally sat there to win those to win those competitions. Sometimes I think it's great. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I, you, you lose that. You lose the movie. Yeah. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. Well, cutting it out entirely, yes, wouldn't make a difference. I just, but I don't think it detracts anyway because it, you don't spend a lot of time. Yeah. Um, and 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 of course, it serves like for the very end gag of the movie where Akak stores all his all of his gear, which includes bazookas and, and weapons, in his in uh in the room because he's staying in the house and. uh yeah, it's just, it's just it's yeah, it's just silly for silly silliness sake. But I don't think it's out of place for what you did in a summer, like right, right, sort of that anticipation of something in the summer, like like yeah, I guess off, it... off school and then like you know, geez, it's at the end of July this movie's gonna come out or this this concert's coming to town or whatever. It's like it's an endless summer. It takes forever to get there when you're a kid. I don't know. So that's how I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess he doesn't win, right? Like he un- he accidentally pulls the plug of the phone out of the wall when he's yeah. winning and then he goes ape shit. That's right. Yeah. I love that he lived close enough that like within within less than 30 seconds he could get a rocket. <laughs> fire <laughs> yeah. fire at Rich Little, the at uh, Rich Little. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, come on, you got to love a Rich Little show. Yeah, up. yeah. A man of a thousand voices. We also got um, Taylor Taylor Negron and Rich Hall from Saturday Night Live yeah. uh, for a moment in the movie. And Taylor Negron, who was also in Better Off Dead, uh, but in a million movies in the 80s and early 90s. Yeah. 
Oh, and we can't forget that water Linda Laurel Waterbury. Did you mention her? She was the crossing guard. She was. Uh, oh, I did not. Yeah. What's her face? What's his face's mom in the Better Off Dead? Ricky's no. Ricky's Rick, mom and Better Ricky's Off Dead. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good to see her again. Yeah. <laughs> um. So it, it, I so so I love this movie and I love the animation sequences, but. I will say that the animation, like that, the first animation when the rhino goes aggro and shoots all the bunnies with a machine gun, Ooh, I was like, yeah. that feels That's like much. wrong, really, really dark. These, you know, like, yeah. you know, it, I don't know that that holds up. That in does a, not in a light up. in a lighthearted way uh, anymore, which is sad. Yeah. Well, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't think you're gonna find an '80s comedy that doesn't have you know that that oh yeah like they're all gonna have something that doesn't age well yeah, yeah. i mean i think you have to yeah like it's it's hard like other, because... other countries might find that funny just because it's a juxtaposition of like animated sure. characters and fuzzy bunnies and getting shot to death yeah is one of the, but in 2023 america like it just doesn't yeah, it's, work it's, it's it's a little numb unfortunately like of all of other the pro- other problematic things maybe of like, you know, Cookie's not really a fleshed out character. And, and right, then, right. so to me, he's the only female character that gets any kind of, and she doesn't even get enough. Like, I, I did want to spend a little more time with her um, as we were going. Like, I just, like, I liked her. Like, I'm like, oh, there's, there's, there's like a little more story there. That'd be a little more fun. But yeah, it's a it's Cassandra as her character, right? So, yeah. Yep. But, you know, any 80s any 80s movies like you said like there's going to be something that doesn't work today and luckily there's not a lot of is the r word does that show up <laughs> i think that shows up uh, once. I, maybe once i, I feel like I, I, yeah maybe. i may have heard it once I think teddy's dad just says that yeah <laughs> or something but does you know we've moved on from such things yeah 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 well when you watch when you watch movies like this you've got to kind of park some of that at the well, yeah, I mean, just you can't change it. It is what it is. And yeah. we're just you acknowledge that it it's there and it's not OK. And yeah. we know that now. So we move on. Yeah. And things that we're doing now and 20 years from now, they're going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe they said that or they would call that person that, you know. Yeah, yeah. we're going to I think our podcast, too, is like we're going to have to censor a lot of words on our podcast. Oh, don't even go back to season one. You know. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> Language changed after that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I just want to watch the Godzilla sequence again. That is Let's so do it. After, funny. Yeah. Gosh darn it. That's so funny. I was <laughs> cackling. I didn't expect Oh, to. that is hilarious. Like it just, it all works out in a certain way. <laughs> just him like <laughs> trying it on at the, on the, on the, the trailer on the, on the truck. And then you realize what time he's like, oh shit. Like, and he curses and he's just, in, but he's in a giant costume and he's, who knew that would be <laughs> that funny? I don't know. That's just, it, it, it shouldn't is, be that funny. It is though. It is like, it is a standout scene for sure. Like it is <laughs> so hilarious. Like, and it, you know, yeah. And then the, the cigar goes in. So now he's smoking. So he looks like Godzilla. He run, he does, <laughs> there's a whole Godzilla sequence with a Japanese man yeah. or an Asian man. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, I don't know Donaldie's origin, uh, but like, and it, it, it just, and he's enjoying yeah. it. It's just this silly, silly shit that, I mean, that's like the ultimate, but there's so many of those, like with, with, uh, 
Joel Murray getting caught under the in in the sand like twice the same thing and it's just like yeah people are and you know a little homophobic thing of like the the two paramedics don't want to give him CPR like <laughs> like twice but it's but it's this this funny thing of like he's I don't know so I like the the recurring bits or just like the kind of outrageousness that kept showing up and I that's probably where my why it's always something that'll like just sort of nudges to the top for me, but I love both of these savage movies and uh, yeah, so glad yep. for them. Yeah, Donald God- Lee is from Hong Kong, by the way. Oh, okay. Nice. Sure. There we go. Yeah. That Godzilla scene is like, it's kind of a perfect example of like lifting something that could have, that would have been great as an animated thing and then translating it to like a live action thing. It just feels very like, <laughs> wacky and cartoony and like it's kind of slapsticky like it's got some tom and jerry kind of vibes to it with like kind of just the the wackiness of it all and I, it's great and it really only works with bobcats you know just his voice and his right collection and his screaming <laughs> and like some like i think that just that elevates it it wouldn't it'd be kind of it'd be amusing but bobcat being like bobcat somehow boy yeah it just turned into something else it's so good anyway so just like you know there's so many different things to like about the movie i think throughout um that you know i think i think i think we're all coming out of this saying i'd watch this again yeah right yeah yeah i will definitely watch this i'll always watch it's gonna be regular summer viewing now absolutely good I, i didn't get to say in the last episode or no in one of our previous episodes megaforce I don't probably need to see that again. <laughs> what are you I'd, talking about? Like, like, like we said in, in, at, at the end of that, I think I would watch it with a big group in like yes. a, a communal, yes. like I, I celebration setting. But like, I would never watch that again by myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. I would watch that with a party. That would be fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But this, this is, uh, this is good regular year yearly viewing. This yeah. is with one friend, no friends, ten <laughs> friends. You could watch it with. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a choose your own adventure. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> let's see, let's see how it did at the box office. Let's do a little box office glory. Oh yeah. One crazy summer opens August eighth, nineteen eighty six, at number four. Oh. Uh, it opens up against uh, uh, a, f- a fine mess, which I don't remember that off the top of my head. I've never even heard of that. And uh, Transformers the movie, that one we've definitely heard of. Yep. Oh, I've heard of that. Um, it uh, it lands right between Friday the 13th Part 6, which we've covered. You can check it out in the archives at reconcinimation.com. Uh, in week number two, and Top Gun, also check it out in the archives uh, at week number 13. Jeez. This whole list is basically in the archives. Yeah. Uh, Aliens was the number one movie that week in its fourth week, and Karate Kid 2 uh, in week number eight was number two. So, wow. What yeah, a, what so, a, look at all the movie choices you had that weekend. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. That's, that's amazing. Uh, it's a good summer. The budget was $9 million. Uh, opening weekend, it scored, it got, uh, it raked in 3.4 million for a grand total domestic run of 13.4. So modest. It made yeah, money. It does. It does a, a little. 
it's not a hit. It does a little better than Better Off Dead, but it was not enough to really get Savage Steve, unfortunately, out of the studio doghouse. They actually, when Better Off Dead came out uh, and was such a disaster, they immediately pulled, they really abandoned this movie. They pulled all the marketing. So, it, you know, it did 13.4 million with very little marketing, very little momentum. Um, so it's kind of a miracle it even did that. You probably honestly, you probably think Bobcat for that. I think there was like, yep. yeah, but I mean, right? that's Cusack that's not that's not really a failure. I mean, they made four almost four and a half million dollars on this. Well, thing. probably less with. I mean, I mean, they spent some kind of money on marketing, so they probably made two million dollars on it. Yeah, but I mean, it's not twenty million dollars, but it's yeah, still, but I mean, still it, a win <clears throat> at the time of you know the way teen comedies were. That was not what they were hoping for. So sure, of course, um, they wanted they wanted you know eighty million dollars, hundred million dollars, but yeah, kind of shot themselves in the foot and still made money. I'd if I was <laughs> on that executive team, I'd be pretty happy with that. <laughs> Well, uh, you, you can advise them on the next one. Let them know. It, Savage uh, Steve, if you're listening to this, let's get together, buddy. Savage <laughs> Steve. Love that guy. Big it's fan time. of Eek the Cat. I mentioned in the last show. With yeah. The, with the, and yeah. which the, a lot of the design, you could, his design is that all that animation, that's part of his design. When Bill Cop, who I think was one of the lead animators, uh, who did the voice of Eek, yeah. was the lead animator of, of the sequences on this one. And, uh, Love that show. Anyway, yeah, he it ends up number fifty nine of nineteen eighty six between Sweet Liberty and Extremities, with uh, the top movies being Top Gun, Crocodile Dundee, and Platoon. But uh, yeah, this is the end of his theatrical career. He he, you know, kind of shunned by the studios, moves into the the, the uh, TV realm, and. Uh, directs the pilot and a number of episodes for the one season run of the adventures of beans Baxter on the very first year of Fox's broadcast history. So that's the, that's the connection. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think which we mentioned in our werewolf episode, another Fox uh, short lived series from the early days, but Fox was great at short lived series. Yeah. Uh, back in the day that was their claim to fame yep then then they found a rhythm they found a rhythm after a bit got there yeah and then he moves you know eek the cat and moves into uh you know nickelodeon i think disney channel shows and a very very successful career there so you know Mm -hmm. you you can't say he hasn't maybe he did not have a a successful theatrical run but savage steve holland had a huge career as a tv director so um, yeah. You know, it's interesting because I think, you know, when, when you read interviews with him, he really he's really down on himself. Like he really uh, gives himself quite a hard time. He gives everybody else credit for the good things uh, that he's been a part of. And and um, I mean, pretty... is that really a surprise, though? I mean, because both in Better Off Dead and in One Crazy Summer, the John Cusack character is kind of autobiographical. Yeah. And that character is down on himself like all the time. Yeah. So like I think that's just his you know, that's that's his that's his thing. Like that's he's the fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I you know, I think he he deserves a lot of credit. Like these movies 
and I, I think he knows that that they have a big cult following now and are very popular and um but i don't think he's ever felt that felt that success you know yeah yeah yeah, um, but and and it's really it is like we mentioned it's HBO uh, that these movies were on like kind of an endless run on HBO and then home video um, these were constantly out on the rental shelves like there was almost I remember like never a copy available um, when I started working at Suncoast better off dead was was at that point was out of print and mm-hmm. it was like $99 for a, a copy of it. <laughs> wow see? so and one crazy summer i think that was still in print but um yeah but very much in demand like constantly selling it and um yeah so a long you know long success on on, on just a different level it wasn't theatrical but i mean how much money did the studios that, that's the information that's a lot harder to find is you know when you factor in all the home video rentals and sales then how much money did this movie make because you're definitely talking a success there for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, the bird, yeah, like home video is now really becoming a, a big, bigger thing mm-hmm. like year after year in, the, in this time of the 80s, right? Like, yeah. So after, yeah, after a decade of that, I mean, there's certainly, there's definitely been a return on their investment for, yeah, for, for sure. So, yeah. And uh, to be able to run on HBO and cable, and cable, like, I mean, you know, that, that, or uh, on, on affiliates and cable and stuff like that can't deny it. there's definitely like that's supplementing a lot of of revenue for uh for them so yeah, yeah. We, um, have to, we have to step it back just a little bit because savage steve austin did do one other movie in 89 called how i got into college which was actually theatrically released oh yes. I, yeah i remember yeah. i remember when it was released i i didn't see that one but now i'm curious to go and watch it knowing that it's uh a savage steve movie uh but everything else from then mostly is all di- like tv series like director uh of either either tv movies or tv series mm-hmm. how do you think uh modern audiences are going to react to one crazy summer you think they're going to take to it to its quirkiness or is it something that's kind of stuck in the the time period it was made i think a small contingency of people uh of modern audiences will would probably appreciate this movie but i think like i don't think if you showed it to 10 people i think one person would probably enjoy it everybody else would not be able to relate to it like i just i don't know you know like that's that's my take like people just today you know like there's just too much else going on it's whatever you're you know whatever you're sort of already have an affinity for so if you're you know it's like can you tolerate the 80s aesthetic can you tolerate the, the goofiness of a bobcat golf week can you like you know just just the story the the simplicity of the story itself uh all of that like you know people may not be on board just from like the first you know 10 minutes of the movie so right um so yeah i think you already have to have sort of a, a an affinity for such things and uh I don't know. I don't like watching a lot of movies before the eighties. I don't know. <laughs> like, and it's unfair, <laughs> but there's yeah. also subject matter that I don't like, or, you know, types of characters. I don't like watching movies about just like, I don't care. Like, and you know, just, we all have our preferences. So, but yeah. I don't think there's a universal, you're never going to get a universal acclaim for this one. 
Yeah. These eighties comedies are, they're just not for everybody now. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's too wacky. It's too, you know, there's, there's not a lot of logical threads happening, you know? So I I think people would, I I agree with you guys, but yeah, um, I'm still going to make my kids watch it. So. I, I would I would think that they would like this. Your kids are funny. Yeah, your <laughs> they, kids have your kids have great taste. So I I think they love Better Off Dad. They really they really enjoy oh, that. Well, yeah, then, yeah. Then yeah, they're fine. This You've got to show them this. They've thing. never met Bobcat Goldthwait, so I think that's kind oh. Of, oh no, you know I take that back. They've seen Scrooge. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Um, you haven't you haven't shown them the like the porn porno uh police academies that, that no like, no you know there's they, a it's very sexy movies yeah there, there's a lot actually guys there's a lot less nudity in those movies than than oh. i remember from oh, being okay. a kid at it's least just, the, at least the first one like there's a there's like the shower scene scenes. in the first yeah. one yeah all uh, right but that's but that's really it i think maybe the later ones had more I didn't. I, I haven't know. watched. No, they just refer yet, but... to Leslie Easterbrook's uh, cleavage many, well, many yeah, times. They do right. that in part one a ton too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I guess I, I see them as more like yeah, like they were more like raunchy than they are. Yeah. But they're, pro- they're probably they're like as you're just saying, they're not as raunchy as I remember it. Yeah, yeah. I remember them being like Porky's level. You they're know, not whereas like, yeah. and I'm like, okay. they're not anywhere like that at all, actually. Um, there is guys to just come back to, uh, one crazy summer. There is a sequel in very early development that Savage Steve is doing called one epic fall. Oh, I oh. hope. How long has he been working on that? They can bring everyone back. I'd watch it. Man. Well, I mean, at the moment he's, he does not, I don't think he's even writing in Cusack and, and Demi Moore. Cause I, I don't think there's any way they would come back, but, uh, uh, he's ma- basing it around um, the Joel Murray and Bobcat Goldthwait and Curtis Armstrong. They're they're the lead characters. So I'd watch that trio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. So we'll have to see if that ever actually gets made or or how that progresses. But I wouldn't um, count Cusack out. That guy needs work. <laughs> hey, he, he works a lot. It's just the a lot of movies people are not seeing. Yeah, so. he needs to do something people want to watch. That's yeah. what I mean. I you Sorry. know, I I, 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 gotta I don't give, mean to hate on Cusack, but I got to give Cusack credit for doing Hot Tub Time Machine like <laughs> yeah. 10 years ago. Dude, yeah, yeah but that was like, more than 10 that had to be more than 10 years ago. I think it was oh, I think 2010 or something. 20 like Okay, so oh yeah, well, but even then like you would think he would have just stayed away from anything that's like sort of self-referential you know like that like that yeah, his character he, the storyline the yeah sort yeah. of the, the he was a little bit poking fun at his himself and some of the movies he's made but so yeah i don't know i don't know why I, I, he couldn't do a little more of that i mean I but hot tub time machine one and two are the best things he's done and he, he's not in two i don't think yeah they, they replaced not adam scott oh yeah. okay so hot tub time machine is the best thing he's done in like 23 years. No, that's he's done some stuff that's gotten some awards attention very, you know, here and there. Yeah, Love, Love and Mercy was really good. I'm you know, looking at it right now. He doesn't, I, I don't think he's a guy that wants to be, he doesn't, other than like, what, the day after tomorrow or whatever, yeah. or, and 2012, or I don't think he wants to be in blockbusters and big, no. big movies and stuff, but he'll take, he'll take a paycheck, you know, 
He's in Con Air. He's great in Con Air. Like, well, I mean, he's in shit like Drive Hard, though. Like that. That's he's in a lot of a lot of lower budget movies that would now be straight to video. Um, Yeah, but but he did. I will say he played Brian Wilson in the biopic uh, Love and Mercy, and he was really fantastic. And and it was a really good movie. But uh, okay, that was 2014. So that's 19 years ago. So (laughs) again, what year do you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Don't you like my math? It's like 20. It's like 30 years ago. (laughs) The fact that he's not even 60 still blows my mind. Like nine years ago. But it's like still he's not 60. That's pretty incredible. He's been around. How's he been around for 70 years and he's not even 60? I don't don't understand. It's the 50s. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right, guys. (laughs) Uh, Seriously, um, dude. I think he just does whatever he wants, man. he, he He needs to want to do one crazy fall or whatever it is. I think he's I think he's due for something that fans are really gonna really gonna love. Whether that's like another gross point blank movie or you know or repairing this relationship with savage steve and coming together and doing a follow-up there i think he's due but we'll have to see what if we did escape from australia carpenter comes back and it's john cusack is the lead somehow we mix all these things would you see that come on yeah (laughs) of course (laughs) I'm just saying, like, let's do this, man. Brent like, has a vendetta against. I'm pissed off that he was mad of, at Savage Steve. Did he steal your girlfriend? His no, rival no, of I'm, 64 years. John I know. I'm, I'm upset that he got mad at Savage Steve for for whatever. He was a young man. He was a young man in his 20s. But he hasn't even talked to him, dude. Like that's what John said. John, yeah. you made this happen <laughs> with with your maybe hey. legitimate research i don't know if you were mad at someone like mad screaming mad at someone in your when you were 20 years old would you bother to check in on them now like do you care like you probably don't you're probably not mad anymore but hey maybe say savage steve thanks man thanks for giving <laughs> the thanks for giving me the opportunity he, that might have happened we don't know yeah we better know. happened you might have sent him a, some flowers or something. We don't know. Who knows? I'm just we, we, I, dude, I love John Cusack. I'm just, I'm totally. I know. Him, but, <laughs> that's what, that's what I was like. But I, but I am it. looking we're, at like gonna... this list of movies and I'm like, damn, dude, this guy really needs, I want, I want to, I need to see some of these. I haven't seen, I haven't seen a lot. lot. Yeah. I haven't seen have, a lot of these. We're going to have Cusack Fest and it's all going to be 2014 through 2023 movies. Yeah, just the yeah. last 20 years. Got it. <laughs> yes. Carry the three. And, <laughs> you know, I, we're not we're not we're not ones to like really uh, put down actors and their act, no, and their, no, their jobs and stuff. So like you know, unfairly made fun of Casper. I personally made fun of Casper Vendian just slightly on our Starship Troopers episode. No, no reason for that. Uncalled for. But you're like treating him like he's Casper Van Dien, so <laughs> David, David, we've been doing this show so long now that we've changed as people and we can look back at our early episodes and all, comment about them. All my my initial point was that the best thing he's done in like the last twenty years is hot tub time machine. Which I still stand by. That's fair. Fine. Yeah, I, I can see if that's your And it's because it was like nostalgic throwback kinda so I got excited about the whole idea of, of uh, One Crazy Fall. 
What was the one? One epic bomb. Yeah. What was the one? Let's see, let's see if it happens. I mean, it's not, but it would be awesome if it did. Yeah. Good times. Good, All right. So good show. Good movie. One crazy summer. I'm glad we did it. We're gonna. Uh, we have to keep the the momentum going though with our sizzling summer of sensational cinematic shenanigans, because we've got another uh, a, a. David, if you thought if you had a hard time with Megaforce, Ooh. you're gonna love our next episode. Uh-oh, don't even tell me. Can we yeah. group watch that? Do we? I don't oh. want to watch it by myself. I, I think, David, I think we're going to watch it. Uh, let's put it on the schedule for Thursday night. So uh, <laughs> it's uh, the Andy Sedaris classic, his greatest film of all his entire collection, Hard Ticket to Hawaii. And we are going to have a special guest for that episode as well. Uh, I'll leave it a surprise, but an old friend's coming back. So it's going to be a good time. And uh, I'm excited about it, but uh, it's going to keep going all summer long. So uh, we're having one crazy summer here at Reconcinimation. Check us out on social media. We're at Reconcinimation Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can check out our archives at Reconcinimation.com. Thank you to our dear friend, E.K. Wimmer, for the theme music and Curtis Moore for the poster. Any other other final thoughts before we, we go? I love Junkie Sack, but don't have your feelings hurt. <laughs> forgive forgive Brent, he knows not what he does. I bet all the movies you've made in the last twenty years are great. I'm just saying I haven't seen them. And anything busy, you do with anything guy. with you anything you do with Nick Cage is obviously gold. Yeah, so. We all know that. Alright, well uh, on that we will see you all next time on Reconcinimation. Take care. Bye now. Crazy podcast. (laughs) That went way off the rails. (laughs) I did not expect that.